Good morning. I trust this finds you, your family and friends, well and in God's good care. How, after a, after a year like this, can we arrive at a posture which leans us into the light? How do we learn to incline our hearts towards generosity, empathy, patience amidst this uncertainty? when the dawn still feels dark with vaccines in the future. Losses, uncertainty, and suffering are realities. And we need to understand that decisive historical changes do not come only from great wars, terrible cataclysms, or ingenious inventions. It is enough that the heart inclines its sensitive crown to one side of the horizon or another. The worship committee reminded me that we have had our share of Lent moments this past year. It's time, they said, to take stock, to focus on leaning into the light. Rabindranath Tagore reminded us that faith is like a bird that feels the light and sings when the dawn is still dark. The Pew Research folks tell us that attention to matters of faith has grown this past year. And Anne Weber Becker has suggested that our acceptance of COVID constraints has created more room for gratitude. And Barry Lopez in his timeless meditation, Arctic Dreams, describes the landscape which shapes our dreams and haunts our imaginations. If there is a stage, he says, at which an individual life becomes truly adult, it must be when one grasps the irony in its unfolding and accepts responsibility for a life lived in the midst of paradox. One must live in the middle of contradiction, because if all contradiction were eliminated at once, life would collapse. There are simply no answers to some of the great pressing questions of the time. We continue to live them out, making our lives a worthy expression of leaning into the light. While listening to Beethoven's string quartet in A minor in 1931, T.S. Eliot is reported to have said, there is a kind of heavenly bliss which one imagines and which comes as the fruit of reconciliation, relief after immense suffering. I should like to get something of that before I die. Words make us think. Music evokes feeling, and song brings emotion and self-understanding to the fore. We have a wealth of memories from our years in India. During those eight years, every morning in the MCC office, which has been in that place in Antali Market since 1963, the first thing we do every morning with 25 or so national staff persons, Hindus, Muslims, Christians, Buddhists, is we begin with singing a bhajan, a hymn in Bengali, Hindi, or English, and it is the singing every morning, along with a few words from each person who takes his or her turn, that and along with the morning and afternoon teas, which create a sense of community. For decades, the gathering and the singing have provided a focus and energy for the day. John E. Taves says he has for 30 years lived and slept with Paul's letter to the Romans, and his superb Believer's Church commentary offers these comments concerning this morning's text. From the time of their return from the Babylonian captivity in the fifth century BCE, the major issue in the early church was how to incorporate Gentiles, outsiders, who were new to the early church and unaware of common Jewish practices related to food, festivals, and circumcision. Written from the city of Corinth in 55 AD, Paul's preoccupation 
in Romans is the differences and the arguments between Gentiles and Jewish Christians. A very active Jewish missionary movement had resulted in 60,000 new converts and stirred the suspicion of Emperor Claudius, who from time to time expelled many of them. We know that Christians met in ordinary homes throughout the city until 2000 AD and that there were strong differences between Gentiles and Jewish Christians. What did it mean to be part of this new movement? Paul seems intent on creating one unified Christian community composed of Jews and Gentiles. And Romans is about the internal debate concerning the nature and defining characteristics of the Christian faith. There is an urgency to explain what God has done in Christ. A reminder that reconcili reconciliation removes any cause for hostility. That the promise of grace sets believers free to endure suffering. There would be birth pangs and one was to learn, one was to learn to endure those pangs. The theme of enduring suffering was a prominent feature of Jewish martyr theology. Suffering gives rise to patience and endurance, which in turn confirms hope. Wait with hope for that which you can hardly imagine. How does this story of growth and struggle in the house churches in Rome relate to us in our own context? Long ago, Archbishop Rowan Williams described the nature of life thusly. Every segment of life is both gift and challenge, both endowment and responsibility. The delicate interplay between the two has the power to rock us back and forth between total confidence and abject despair. We lurch through life between doubt and faith, between security and uncertainty, between the enrichment that comes from differences and the divisions that come from fear. It is learning to cling to a sense of alleluia that carries us through life. I want to suggest this morning that singing is one way to endure the uncertainty, confusion, and pain of this time. To be sure, there are other ways. For some, it might be dance, or cooking, or baking, or writing, or art. Engaging the divine is probably different for each of us. The question is, where do I most powerfully experience the divine in my daily life? But this morning, I want to focus on the power of song. I asked five Mennonite singers, Jenny, Dan, Tim Schantz, Len, Enns, and Amanda, to tell me about their own reasons for being a singer. Because, they said, we owe the Lord a morning song of gratitude and praise. Because music strips away the clutter and limits the words and reaches to that which is holy. Music can unpeel truths and realities which were avoided or inaccessible with words alone. Singing is like a shimmering thread which weaves, envelops, and connects me to others, Amanda said. Hearing the Rockway Mennonite Choir fed my dream to experience it for myself, said Dan Lichty. And I would say that my most memorable moments serving at Rockway Mennonite Collegiate were traveling with the senior choir early mornings on Sunday to visit the churches. Singing reassures when I sang Zonimden Meine Hände at my dad's funeral, my own mortality existed beside his, and I was no longer alone. What is this place where we are meeting? It is empty. It becomes a body that lives when we are gathered. Notwithstanding the evocative power of good poetry, words alone lack the potential to loosen the bolts of the universe. Music does that. Music strips away the clutter. It reaches to that which is holy. Music 
unpeels that which is true and that which is inaccessible with words alone. We need musical moments if we are to have a life that is more than the sum of daily humdrum moments. If you can create these moments, you carry within you a prize of great worth. If you cannot create them, you must learn to love one of the arts in a way that allows the power of another's creation to come alive within you. Our many singers and musicians set free a spirit of goodwill, unity, hope, and belonging, and identity. One is profoundly grateful for the musical tradition which exists here in our congregation and within our Mennonite tradition more broadly. In his superb novel, The Ground Beneath Her Feet, Salman Rushdie tells the story of rock singer Vina Aspara and her wild and irresistible voice. Vina is caught up in an earthquake and never heard of again. Rushdie suggests that five mysteries hold the keys to the unseen. The act of love, the birth of a baby, the contemplation of great art, being in the presence of death and disaster, and hearing the human voice lifted in song. These are the occasions, Rushdie says, when the bolts of the universe fly open and we are given a glimpse of what is hidden, glory bursts upon us in such hours, the dark glory of earthquakes, the slippery wonder of new life, the radiance of Venus singing. The struggle and uncertainty of this time force us to confront our illusions about the world and about ourselves. Again, Anne Weber Becker puts it this way, our situation has pushed us to live with, indeed accept the constraints of this time. And when I stop pushing against the constraints, I have more room for gratitude. This time requires us not simply to seek hope, but to become hope ourselves. And song enables that. This time urges us to move beyond the cages that entrap us in the past in order to live with new imagination. And singing enables that. Whatever we have loved and lost in the past is the best proof we have that life can be good in the future. If only, if, if we only make it so within ourselves, and singing helps make it so. Music and singing bring hope alive, and hope believes in the good, and, and hope believes in the God of time, who companions us now and enables us to wait with patience for that which we can hardly imagine. We discover in struggle all the layers of life within us that go basically unseasoned in times of plenty, but wax in times of lean. Singing together awakens and readies us for a season of hope. Helen Keller, herself deaf and blind, wrote that the hilltop hour would not be half so wonderful if there were no dark valleys to traverse. There is beauty in the dark valleys of life, and it is called hope, she said. Memory is native to the notion of community, and memory spreads and grows into legends, and legends morph into song, and song morphs into sacrament. Today, I feel less urgency for discussion of the confession of faith and long for the sacrament, which is song. Balancing the ingredients of human life requires infinite wisdom. There is the necessity of grief, but there is its partner joy. There is a time to heed and urge the recklessness of the day and then to admit the need for restraint. Life is about hello and goodbye. And sometimes, if we are lucky or forgiving, 
hello again. Singing, hello again. That is what we anticipate, what we long for. So let us beware of Zoom alone, which, while it gathers us and can decrease the intimidation of in-person worship, has the capacity to distance and separate us. There is no better way in which to lean into the light, to animate community, than to gather and to sing together. When we are able to sing again in this sanctuary, we will be prepared to go again out to the Mount of Olives and to wait with patience for that which we can hardly imagine. Thank you.